Hello, hey, and welcome to Ask the Color Expert. My name is Elaine Travis. I am a career hair colorist, independent educator, and author of the book, A Colorful Journey. I'm here every week sharing tips, tricks, and stories that are all things hair color. Thanks for joining me, and let's get started. Hello, and welcome back to the Ask the Color Expert podcast. Today's special guest is a dear friend, Rowena Yeager. She owns Studio Wish Salon for 20 successful years. She has been in the Salon Today 200, I think more times than the magazine has done the contest. Uh, She is a life coach, which is how we connect it. Her company, her life coach company is called Leader Shift. Love that. And she served on the board of the Professional Beauty Association for nine years. So she wears many hats in our industry and her passion is absolutely contagious. She is a ball of energy and positivity. And I love having her here with us. So welcome, Rowena. So great to have you here. Great to be here, Elaine. And I love the fact that we connected in the whole world of life coaching because, you know, I think that, um, you know, everything starts and ends with who we are on the inside and how we bring that out with others. And I think that connecting in that realm and in that world was absolutely perfect because, you know, being in that being space is where I love to live and where I love to be. And uh, just grateful that our friendship has flourished through the years and we've stayed connected. So thanks for having me. You're welcome. I love it. It's really true when you start to, I always say it starts at 50. I wish that it started sooner, but when you turn 50, you kind of look around and you're like, what the heck is it all about? Like, what did I just spend the last 20 years doing that I really did not enjoy and never thought I had a choice? Um, That really was the biggest aha with coaching versus therapy. You know, traditional therapy is like, you know, sit there and talk to somebody about the same thing over and over again. And they say yes. And they take little notes and they say, our time's up. I'll see you in two weeks or however frequently you go. But I found I never really, it felt relieved, relieved. I felt relieved to have said what was on my mind or weighing on me, but I never felt like I got an action plan to move forward differently. And then when I met Alejandra, as you did, we both, I think, met her at the same time and mm-hmm. we were coached and then said, wow, this is something we need to share with the world because it would be selfish not to um, and have since become coaches ourselves. For me, as an educator and a salon owner, the coaching was more valuable than any business class I've ever taken, than any hair show I've ever gone to, than any technique I've ever learned because truth be told, as you know, our relationship with our clients behind the chair is 80% connection and emotional intelligence and 20% the haircut, color, waxing, whatever the service is. So shame on me for waiting all those years to figure that out, you know? And that's why I think you and I both, we're always on Clubhouse. We're always jumping on some, some platform to shout from the rooftops. It doesn't have to be this hard. It really can exactly. be easier. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny that you say at 50, because um, my youngest daughter is 26. And yesterday, Mother's Day, she said to me, she goes, so at 26, you had two kids. And I'm like, yeah, I did. She's just like, 
wow. And I said, well, our focus was a little bit different than some of the youth these days. I said, our focus was that we knew we were kind of young and dumb in a sense and knew that financially and um, business-wise that we would probably be in a better place to travel and enjoy life and doing things in our 40s and 50s. And we felt that if we had kids young, that we would be able to grow up with them and have them enjoy a lot of adult things with us while we were still in that adult stage. And I said, and there's benefits to that, but there's drawbacks to that. And I said, and the drawback to that is we had way less patience with you. We didn't have that instruction book that comes with kids like we thought would come. And um, so, you know, we kind of practice what we thought would work on you. And I said, and through the years, you just kind of develop certain ways of doing things that work. And I said, and look at you. I go, you turned out pretty darn good, didn't you? And she's like, yeah. So, <laughs> so I love that. I have the same thing with my 27 year old, but, but the difference between our daughters and me as my mother's daughter is my mom never discovered any of this stuff. So she right. still lets people have her do things she doesn't want to do. I feel bad. I feel bad. I, her every sentence starts with, I feel bad. And I'm like, at what point, mom, are you going to stop feeling bad and start putting yourself first? And she looks at me like I'm some kind of woo-woo weirdo when I try right. to like lay these gems of wisdom where my daughter and my son have both been coached by Alejandra. They both mm -hmm. get it. And right. I see them setting boundaries at 20, almost my son's almost 23, my daughter's 27. I see them doing what I never had the tools to do. And I could not be more proud because I'm like, they're not going to wait until they're 50. Now the, the crux of that is finding a, par a partner that is on their level. They're light years ahead in the, you know, understanding all of that stuff. And it can be a little bit of a turnoff to a typical 23 or 27 year old. They're like, what boundary? What's a boundary? What are you talking about? You know? So you, what do you I'm mean? Like, I have to, I can say no. Yeah. I, I <laughs> think like, I coach them no. so much that they're like an alien in their age group. So I say to both of them, I think you may end up with someone, even my son, you may end up with someone a little older than you because they'll be at that stage that you shouldn't be for another five years and you'll be on the same level. But imagine, mm -hmm. I say to Alejandra all the time, why is this stuff not shared in grade school? Like it should start in the lower levels. There would be no bullying. There would be no drama in the salon. There would be no drama in the salon. If people understood that gossip and all the negativity fills the air like a thick cloud. You can feel the tension. The clients feel that. They feel that drama. They know when somebody's biting at somebody else and there's mm. stuff going on. And I'm like, yeah. God, if we just had these tools earlier in our, our career as hairdressers, we would all be six-figure stylists. Every salon owner would have it much easier to lead right. <laughs> because we're, most times we're babysitting and not leading. Um, so it's just... I can't, I can't say enough about that path and how important it is to get to the root of behavior and why is, why is a client reacting that way? You know, it's yeah. not really that you were 10 minutes running behind. It's that mm -hmm. her and her husband had a huge blowout on her way there. And that's right. what she's bringing in, not mm -hmm. you being 10 minutes late. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting, you know, I, we, we can always look back and, and think that, you know, if, if this was something that was taught in grade school, 
would they get it at that point? And it's interesting because I had this conversation recently with um, uh, a gentleman on Clubhouse who goes by Coach Les, who I absolutely love. If you haven't had the opportunity to follow him on Clubhouse, he's a wonderful Christian man, sp spreading Christian message. In fact, this morning we had a Bible study together where each person shared a Bible verse and what it meant to them in the room and what they were grateful for, which is a great way to start our day. And in conversation, we were talking about, um, you know, our children and the things that they go through and how as parents, we try to protect them. We try to guide them. We don't want them to have the same pitfalls that we did. And what came out of the conversation were two things that I felt were really important is, first of all, and this, is, this has been my belief since going through life coaching, had I not had the struggles and the challenges that I had, I wouldn't be where I am because those life experiences really form our journey. And if nothing wrong happened, what would that look like? And we would all kind of be the same. We'd all be kind of monotone and we possibly wouldn't grow. So, it, and that's one of the reasons I created Leadership Circle is because on, on Clubhouse is because when I look at the yin yang symbol and you and I have both been through life coaching and really dove deep into what that actually means with the black and the white and the fact that it's not about necessarily being good or bad. It's about the good or bad that actually already exists. Right. And you've got that balance between the two because that balance is who is what makes us who we are. It's about living in that being space that's in that little squiggle that's between and how do we maintain staying there? So that was the first thing that came out of it was that, you know, we, we can only, we can guide them we can give them the tools as best that we can, but they have to make their own decisions, their own choices and their own learning curves, you know, I look at, I look at the word mistakes in various different ways. And, you know, it, I don't, I don't want to say that they're mistakes because God gives us what we need in our lives. And I a hundred percent believe that. And, um, you know, no matter how ugly something may get, we have a choice of how we look at it in our future and what we do with that. And, um, you know, the further we fall down, then the further we can propel up. Doesn't mean we should force ourselves to go all the way down a rabbit hole or, or down a bottle to drink ourselves to death or whatever that may be. Some people only have to go this far to go this far. You know, it just, it depends on that balance. The second thing that came out of that, that Coach Les said that I, I thought was very brilliant was when we are coaching our children or we are coaching our team, asking permission because mm -hmm. When, as a parent, we want to jump in. We want to tell them what to do so that they don't have to have these struggles, that they don't have to have um, things happen and go wrong. And we want to tell them what to do right away instead of saying, in listening and being with them in their space and, and just saying, okay, so would you like me to help you with that? Do I have your permission to coach you on that? And sometimes they may say, no. I don't. And then we have to be open to allowing ourselves to say, okay, then that's not my place right now. Because our relationships with our kids, they shift, they change. And our relationships with our teams in our salon, they shift, they change. And, um, you know, years ago, when we look at 
the platform of having a salon, we had this, you know, you've got 40 hours that you can fill without going into like an overtime point. And so we hire people with the intentions initially, and I'm talking old salon model with the intentions of, all right, here's the 40 hours. This is where we're going to fill it. This is what the salon needs. And this is what your schedule is going to be. And then all of a sudden you get, oh, well, that means that I can't do this at night. I can't do this during the day. I don't have this day off. And we tend to dictate what hours, what their schedules needs to be to fill what we need in the salon. What I see happening and what I've actually had shift in my own business is that reality of sitting down with an employee and saying, what's your dream schedule? How many hours would you like to work? How, how, how much money would you like to make in those hours that you would like to work? And then carving out what their career path looks like, because I've learned that when you have a career path of where you want them to go, just like our children, it doesn't always go in that direction. But if we're open to listening to what they would like and then figuring out how we can support them in the best way that we can to get to that end goal, I think is the best place to be. So when I do one-on-ones with my team and I call them one-on-ones as W-O-N on O-N-E, not one as O-N-E on O-N-E because it's gotta be a win-win. So when they walk into my office, the first thing that I think of is what's the most important thing we have to talk about today? What would you like to talk about today? Because if I have a set agenda and this is the 30 minutes a month or however long I decide to schedule out my one-on-ones that day that I'm going to spend with that person, if I spend it talking about numbers, talking about um, things that need to shift and change, I may miss the opportunity to help them where they need the most help. And sometimes that isn't in the salon. And I think as salon owners, we've tried to keep that separation of personal life and business life so separate that we've missed the opportunity to truly connect on a human level with our teammates. And I say teammates because I'm in it with them. I'm in the trenches with them. I do still work behind the chair. And I think that that's an important piece of what I do. I'm not behind the chair full time and majority of my team isn't behind the chair full time either. And what I've learned with that piece is now I have them stepping up going, can I help out with inventory? Absolutely. Can I help out with training our new ones when they come in? Absolutely. Instead of creating a position and then trying to find that person to fill it, I allow someone to step up and say, you know what? I would like to help with that. Great. Let's design out what that looks like for you. How much time are we going to spend in doing that? And then really create that career path that makes a difference for them as well as to the business. And then our relationships, I believe, can actually last longer than that traditional model that we've seen happen through the years of you get a stylist, they work for you for three years, and then boom, they're gone. Then you fill that spot in again, and then boom, they work for you for three years, and boom, they're gone. So those are just a few of the things that I've learned with relationships, communication, connection in the 20 years that I've had my business. And I think that it's it's a great way to open ourselves up because then we grow as well. Because when we teach, as you know, and when we coach, as you know, that keeps us in check with where we need to be in our lives as well to support our homes and our families in what we love to do. The toughest workshop that I did was when we had to role play as the owner and have a team 
one-on-one, -on -one, my natural inclination was to talk at the, the employee. And like you said, it was all about like, okay, I see that your retail's at this. Da, da, da. It was very business-like and very structured. And the person on the other side of the desk was like the, like a deer in the headlights. It was like they were being punished. They were being called to the principal's office. And then after going to the workshop and going through it and learning exactly what you're saying that, you know, it's what, how can, how can I support you in your growth? How do you feel about what's going on behind your chair? You know what I mean? Like turning it, it was so uncomfortable. And the biggest nugget that helped me with everything in my life, because I can be very, you know, just spit it out when I meet somebody and have, have no, do I have permission to tell you that I hate your hair color? <laughs> How so, true is that, right? <laughs> there, well, there was there was a um, a post. I'm I'm in this women in menopause group on Facebook. That's very enlightening because I'm in the oh, early stages. Please join me with that. I yes. need I need that one too. <laughs> it's very interesting. <laughs> but this woman had this hairdo with like the bangs that like she blows out and under, and they were like below her eyebrows. But her hair was super thin, and then she had crazy eyebrows. And this person took the time to draw on the photo with like a line. And she said to the woman, your hair would look so much better if you cut your bangs to here. And she drew on it. Uh -huh. And it was true. You know, what she said was true, but I, I just happened, of course, it caught my attention because it was a picture of somebody's hair. Right. And the comments, I mean, 99% of the comments, she said, I'm sorry, is this rude that my friend got really upset when I when I did this? And 99% said, absolutely, you are so rude. That woman did not ask you for your, and I thought, oh, wow, I've done that. But I mean, I would do that to a stranger at Starbucks. I'd be like, oh, if you just- Why not? A couple more, like me right now with this stupid part thing going here, I'm like, I need some layers up in here. And if someone came up to me that was a licensed professional that specializes in a curtain bang and said, I would love to make it more like yours that like mm -hmm. jet rock star. Like I would love that. I'd be like, Oh my gosh, give me your card. I, I want to come. But not and look how much it like changes us. when you change it yeah. to the middle. I mean, it yeah. completely changes the look from being to the side and being to the middle and just doing that. You know, it's like, I call it a convertible. <laughs> I love it. So now I just have right. to go to Ohio to get my convertible cut, but Perfect. I am open to that. Like I, as a human, am open to a stranger saying you would look so much better with blah, 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 or can I, you know, but I would never ask, I would never know instinctively to say, do I have your permission to give you a little bit of feedback about your hair or whatever? Like mm. it would never be on my radar and learning how to do that. And do I have permission to touch you? I'm a toucher right. and a hugger and a, I would just do this to a stranger. And I remember my good friend, we were at a hair event and because we were in a hair event with all hairdressers, it would never occur to me that it wasn't okay to touch her hair. Like it just, yep. just seems like automatic to me as hairdressers. She was sitting in front of me and I was like, Oh, I love your hair. And I touched her. Uh -huh. She spun around like the exorcist and gave me a lot. <laughs> I'll never forget the look. And my good friend was like, oh, that's Elaine. She's harmless, whatever. Like, don't mind her. She's, you know, very forward. Whatever she explained away was like that mm -hmm. it was me and not her. And I was like, wow, I would never think someone would get that upset about being touched. Yeah. But you and I now know as coaches, was she molested? Was she, you know, attacked? Was she, did somebody pull her hair in a negative, like with some negative connotation connected to someone touching her hair? I don't know that. And I, it's not okay for me to touch her. So I don't know about you, but 
the current landscape between politics, COVID, um, vaccinate, don't vaccinate. Like there's so much sensitivity right now that I want to lock myself in my house because I'm not that person, you know? So I'm trying to have empathy and understanding for people that don't think and behave like me. And I think that is the hardest thing that you could possibly get to a place of that without all the coaching that you and I have done. It just doesn't come naturally. People are so different and that's why there's so much conflict right now. Right. And, and you know what, I think it's interesting because, you know, you and I have gone through the whole education of knowing what our values are and knowing that feeling of something's off in our energy and in our universe and literally realizing that we go back, we look at our list of our values and dissect each one and say, okay, which one's off, which one's off, which one's off so that we can readjust and shift it back into place. And I think about what you were just sharing and the fact that we've grown to a place that we are so open and openness is one of my core values. And we have become so open that it's okay for someone to tell us, you know what, you'd look better with bangs. You know what, you'd look better with red in your hair instead of blonde in your hair. You know what, you should get this car instead of this car. Or why don't you move your money from this bank to this bank? And it could be so easy for us to start doing that because we're open to it. But that's the beauty of humanness is the fact that not everybody's in the same place. And I 100% agree with you is that we tend to gravitate towards people that are like us because we attract what we mirror back. And if we're open, we're going to attract people that are open. So we assume they're as open as we are, and they may not be. And it may they may be open to hearing what to do with their bangs, but they may not be open to... I want you to work this schedule. So I think that that is a perfect way to look at it is that when we have someone, and let let me say this, because I think this is really, really important. Um, When when we think about COVID and we think about where we were pre-COVID, I call that BC. So BC is before COVID. When we look at where we're at now, we're kind of still in that transition to get to AC which is after COVID. And in the process of where we're at right now, which is why I developed the whole leadership coaching program is because we are in a shift. We are in a shift from what was old, in a sense, to what is new, in a sense, but we're living in that middle. And where we're living right now, there's a lot of this. And it's like, okay, does that person want to be touched? Do they not be be touched? And I think that it is a... I call it a permission stage because Mm -hmm. we are in a permission stage that we need to ask permission. And if you think about all of these rules and regulations that have come up, you know, there's no hugging. We ought to wear masks. Um, You've got a distance from everything and distance from people. And, you know, you've got to create that space. And now we're starting to shift into, okay, some states aren't wearing masks anymore. We're getting to a point where we have clients running into the salon that had just had their second shot and they're going, I got my second shot, you know, and they're all excited about it. And when they come in and they do that, what I'm finding now is 
I do, I, I find myself asking way more permissions than I ever have because of that comfort level. So when my, when I'm finished with a client and we get to the front, one of the last things that I do after we take care of pre-booking, after we take care of their retail sale and get them all checked out is, all right, air hug, or do you want a, a you know, real hug, so to speak? And I have some people that are like, you know what? I'm still in the air hug stage. That's great. And then right. I'll have some people that are like, you know what? Let's go for it. And when we go for the hug, I actually hug heart to heart. And it, it feels awkward if you've never done it before because most of us tend to hug this way to the side yeah <laughs> right so when we hug heart to heart you're literally putting your left ear to their left ear and you're hugging which we almost always hug the opposite mm. and it, it to me when you hug like that it has so much more intention and it brings you into their space in a different way and them into your space in a different way. And it's a, it develops this pause because all of a sudden you're hugging like that and you, in your mind thought process, at least in my own, is, wow, this feels different and we're in different times. So shifting from that hug on the right side to that hug on the left side, mm great little shift that we can do in that asking permission. And another really cool thing, and when you look at business-wise in the permissions, and I'll just share this because we've experienced this as a salon um, years and years ago, and I'm talking probably back 2012 to 2015-ish, we had gone through a program where um, we were doing um, consultations where we're sitting down asking questions and it was through Inspiring Champions. Um, with uh, Lauren Gartland mm -hmm. and you, we've got this paper that we have to go through and we have to ask these questions and prior to doing those that transition when we would retail products I can't even begin to tell you how many times I would get a phone call from somebody or see a review somewhere where they would say oh my gosh they're pushy with product or why are your employees so pushy with product and I'm thinking okay retail is a part of our business and it's something that we need to do. What's the missing piece? And we realized the missing piece back then was asking permission. And when we started actually doing the consultation forms and writing down the answers to the questions and literally being silent and listening as we asked these questions, the clients became comfortable. They really understood that our purpose of what we were doing was to solve whatever challenge or problem that they had, instead of telling them, you know what, your hair's fuzzy or frizzy, your hair's dry, you need this. Instead, we ask them on a scale of one to 10, where would you rate the overall condition of your hair? If your hair is a 10, that's great. If your hair is a one, that's not good. So where would you rate your overall conditions? When they tell you it's a five, Obviously, there's room to go between six and 10, right? So if that's the case, they're opening up that window to tell you they see a challenge with their hair. Same thing with, are you having any challenges at home with styling your hair? If we don't ask that question, how do we know that they need help using a curling iron, that they need help with blow dry without getting frizzy, that their curls just don't come out with definition? So we ask the right questions, it gains permission to be able to move forward. So then when we ask them, you know, what, what shampoos and conditioners and styling products are you using at home? They'll tell you the worst thing that you can do when somebody tells you, oh, I use 
suave or I use Pantene is go, oh, oh my gosh. Because that just makes them feel like crap because shaming then they're them, like, yeah. oh, right, exactly. And shaming is like the worst thing that we can do. And I think that when we ask them what they're using at home and then just acknowledge, okay, so is that working for you? Well, obviously not. If you just asked me the condition of my hair and I told you it's a five, five and right. I'd really like it to be a 10, then it's like, great. Well then when, while we're doing your hair today, we've got several options that I can share with you and see if it will fit with what you're already using at home. Instead of saying, you know what? You need to throw that crap out and you need to bring this good stuff in. It's a matter of just allowing them to be where they're at so that they feel comfortable with you. Because at the end of the day, like you said, 80% of what we do is on the inside which means 20% is that cut, that color, the styling and the technique that we use. And do we have to have the education in that? Absolutely. The missing pieces I think in our industry are when you go into a cosmetology school, are they teaching that 80% with the connection? The challenge that I see in our industry and this is coming from more of, um, you know, sitting on the board and hearing how everything runs and understanding how the curriculum is put together with schools is you have X amount of hours that you have to fill with doing very focused things. And the purpose of a state board is to make sure that the guest, the consumer is protected, safe, that they are yeah. safe and everything is sanitary and clean. If that's the purpose of a state board, then there's a missing piece in our industry of actually filling that 80%. Doesn't mean that state board's doing something wrong. Doesn't mean the schools are doing something wrong. It means that our industry, and you and I've talked about this, yeah. that we have a missing piece that when they get out of school, what do we do from there? It doesn't mean that it is 100% the school's responsibility, but I can go into a school, I can teach a class, I can help share my knowledge with those students before they graduate. I think that's our place. I think that's what we do because these students in school, they're hungry. They want to learn. They want to know how they can excel. So while they're in school, they've got in Ohio, you know, those 1500 hours that they're going to fill with what they need to do. That's going to keep the client safe, keep them sanitary, understand what they need for passing state board. Great. Then my place in that relationship with the schools, with the relationships with the students needs to be going in there, getting into that conversation of this is how you become successful. This is how you develop your career to the point that you love what you do every single day, because there's nothing better than doing what you love and loving what you do and it not feeling like work. I agree hundred percent with everything you said. And, and the, the verbiage around retail is huge. Just totally. to your point, having, I can't tell you because I moved recently and I have to find a new dentist, a new doctor, a new guy, like all the things and oh, you really yeah. are super hypersensitive to all the things that are missing. So when I go to have something done to my hair, I'm, I've been in the industry 35 years, I'm 54 years old. I think maybe once, twice at the most, I've been recommended products ever, anywhere. And it's not because they know I'm a hairdresser because sometimes I don't even, like if I'm away and I go in for a blow, I don't even go there because I don't want to talk about it. I want to be a client. And it's never, you know, oh, your hair is fine. Do you find you need something for more volume to get this part? Never. It's just, 
on autopilot and they always blow me out really flat and straight. And I, I end up walking out. My husband's like, you just got your hair done. Like he's always dumbfounded <laughs> with what it looks like because they're not asking the questions. They're not having the conversation. And you said something really powerful and probably didn't even realize it. It's about the listening. We all, you know, I'll have young stylists say, I don't know what to talk about. These women are so much older than me and I don't know what to talk about. Talk about them, talk about their hair. Don't exactly. feel like you have to talk about Game of Thrones or the latest Netflix series or whatever. They're there to feel good and look good. And they're there to learn how to make their hair look better at home. People are missing the, the window of opportunity. We did when we had any slow time in the salon, and of course this is all pre-COVID because now you're so spread out anyway, right. but when we had a slow time when maybe a lot of clients were on vacation, we would do a free event where we would say to clients, come in and have, we had a, a, a specialty theme drink for the event and we mm -hmm. had like a cocktail, they came in, we blew out the one side of their head and we had the, the other stylist videotape on the client's phone. Oh. Grab their phone and we videotaped the one side getting done. Then we handed them the brush and we had the stylist stand there while they did the other side. Nobody else is doing that. You have to stand out from the crowd. You have to do what others aren't doing. Anyone who's not booked, you're not getting creative enough. You have to be that purple cow. You have to think, what would I want if I, like, I would love to go to a salon that would blow dry half my head and make me do the other because mm -hmm. if she gives me a killer blow dry and I don't know how she got there, I can't replicate it anyway at home. Mm -hmm. So to having that video to prop up on my vanity and say, oh, she took the heat away and let the brush cool. That was why it stayed, the curl stayed in. Like it's those little nuances that the client, if you're talking about Game of Thrones and blah, 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 and they get done, they missed the whole movie. They missed the whole part of how to Absolutely. reproduce that home. Yeah. How many, how many clients tell us, I wish I could take you home take with you me. Home. Yeah. Give them a piece of you to take home. Because I guarantee you, if you have a client that has walked out with a mousse, a hairspray, shampoo, conditioner, if they're in their shower and they pick up that shampoo, they're thinking, oh my gosh, Elaine recommended this for me. Oh my gosh, I love the way it smells. I love the way it makes my hair feel. Oh, wow, this mousse in my hair, look what it's doing. Oh, wait, she told me to hold the brush this way and to blow dry it this way and make sure I'm blow drying down the strands to close the cuticle layer of the hair. You know, years ago, I was an educator for Graham Webb. And one of the most important things I learned about presentation when we were doing a haircut was we think in our heads while we're doing what we're doing. And when you're teaching and sharing knowledge, if you just say what you're doing, that's know. your class. Yeah. You know, you just it, it put it from here to here. And then what we would do is we, we had a trainer trainer program, which is what I taught with Graham Webb, was how do you take what's here and have it come out here and articulate it in a way that the, the person that you're sharing the knowledge with grasps it. And it isn't something that is a switch that you flip and all of a sudden one day you can't do it and the next day you can, right. you have to take the action of practice. And taking that action of practice in full honesty is behind the chair. Because when I'm behind the chair, I may not explain every single aspect of the haircut, but what they did tell us to do was if you want to practice speaking, think about when you're behind the chair with a client, 
share with them something about what you're doing at the haircut. You can say, you know, the reason that I'm holding the hair upright like this and the reason that I'm cutting it this way is because short hair pushes and directs long hair. Short hair is strong, long hair is weak. So this is gonna push this towards your face. The clients sit there and go, what? Oh. <laughs> yeah, no one's ever showed, told me that before, but we learn this in school. Yeah. If we learn it in school, then, or in edu any education class that we've had, why can't we share it with the client? Now, that doesn't mean we share everything with them. I mean, you share what they need to know. And when you share your knowledge, they look at you like, wow, she really has the education behind her. I'm a geek when it comes to understanding something from how it works. So color-wise, it's like, to me, it's like when I share knowledge with my team on how to actually do color, I do not teach it from a product perspective. I teach it from a artist's perspective of you've got blue, you've got red, you've got green, you've got yellow, you've got gold. What's in the hair naturally that you're going to be mixing in a tube and it's going to be working with that or against it? And what does that look like? Then after they learn the basics of how color actually works, and the fact that in permanent color, you're removing and replacing and demi-permanent color, you're adding to, and with semi-permanent color, color, you're covering over and it slowly washes off. What do you mix up? And so the reality is, is when we teach something from a very basic level, it opens up opportunities that if I switch color lines, my team could use any color line. Doesn't mean that they have to stick with the color line I've used because then I can put into place, okay, a stroke three means this, a stroke four means this, a stroke five means this, take that and apply it to what you've already learned. And then they go, wow. And I know you get that because you teach color, you teach technique. And it, it's that, that really cool thing to see the light bulbs going off in their head of, well, that makes total sense. The opposite of red is green. The opposite of um, blue is orange. It's like, we know these things, but we don't necessarily always take them and utilize them in our education and in our teaching so that they can actually grasp what is done. And I think that's the beautiful part about being a leader is that we learn when we teach and sharing these things makes a difference. So sharing them with your clients, you know, share what they need to be able to recreate so that they're taking a piece of you home. Love that. And I said when we started this um, interview before I hit record that you and I together could do a seven hour podcast because we, we've only scratched the surface of all of the wonderful things we could talk about. So I would love to have you back on the podcast again to be continued. Um, people listening, you're they're either on their uh, treadmill or their elliptical, they're on a walk or they're in their car. So I like to keep these a little bit tighter than than I would love to keep our conversation going because you are an absolute treasure and you have so oh, much to hey. offer. I love I love being in your clubhouse rooms because you, you keep it tight. <laughs> you're like, okay, you're going and you're going and come on up for a question. And you just yeah. have this energy that's just so it's so contagious. And so you can feel your passion coming through no matter what you're talking about, whether it's Aww. life coaching, being a mother, being a leader, whatever it is you shine super brightly and I'm so blessed to have you as a friend and a colleague and, and we both share a lot of um, like-minded passion. So I think 
moving forward in the space that we talked about, you know, my, my dream is to do a beauty school tour over the summer. I would love to just go from state to state and visit as many schools that will have me. That has been the disconnect oh, is getting them to allow me to come in. <laughs> you come to Ohio and I will share with you all of the connections that I have here with the schools for sure. And, you know, I think, you know, us being moms, being business owners, really understanding who we are makes a huge difference. My older daughter, Milena, works in the salon with me. I love being side by side with her and being able to make a difference in every single employee and every every client that walks in. My younger daughter, Mia, you know, she works outside in the environment. She's all about sustainability of the earth and eradicating um, invasive species plants. You know, she's worked her way up to the point that she helps to manage the mentor marsh up in Cleveland to make a difference. So I have got one daughter that's, you know, out in the environment working and another one that's in my salon, in our salon, making a difference with every single person that we touch and, you know, really helping fill people from the inside. And I, it's so cool. I always thought I'd have both of my daughters working in my salon. And it's, the best part about it is, is that I have a yin yang with my daughters mm -hmm. that is a balance of the outside earth and the balance of the inner self. And it is the most beautiful thing to see both of them grow in their own directions instead of mom telling them what to do and where to go and who to be in this world. And, you know, I think that being a mom first and foremost is the most gratifying thing that we can do, but you don't have to be a mother to be a leader and there's leaders mm. everywhere. So yesterday being Mother's Day, there's also Other's Day. And I think we need to definitely recognize that there are a lot of others out there that shine very, very, very bright. And I love the fact that it came up with, um, Carrie Bennett actually had posted it on Facebook about how you know, recognizing others because not everybody is a physical mom where they've had an actual child, but they have the ability to still be a motherly person to every single person that they come in touch with. And I just think that that's a, a beautiful piece of what's connected us. You know, we're moms, we're business owners, and we sit and we use active listening to make a difference in everyone that we touch. So I'm grateful that you've provided this time for us to connect. And I, like you said, we could talk for a thousand hours, if not longer, and still have great conversations. So thank you so much for having me today. I, I, You're welcome. Just, Tell fantastic. people listening how they can get more Rowena, uh, leadership, <laughs> coaching, whatever it is that you do other than the studio wish, how can people reach you? So um, obviously I'm on Clubhouse in the morning and I am on there in the evening and sometimes in the middle of the day. And, and I've had people say, oh my gosh, you're on there all the time. I'm really not. Um, in the beginning, I was listening all the time and you might see me in a room, but the beautiful part about Clubhouse is you can literally put it on, do your makeup, take a shower, cook. There's so many things that you can do and just listen. It's like a podcast. You listen to it just like you listen to a radio or listen to music. Um, but actively being involved in the mornings, I do have a clubhouse room that myself and Jen LeBlanc help run under the leadership circle club. And so that's one way to reach me. Another way to reach me is through Instagram. I have the leadership coach under Rowena Yeager. And then I also have um, Studio Wish Salon on Instagram. And then I'm also on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I've got everything connected. So there's several ways you can reach me. I also have uh, email, 
which is studio.wish at yahoo.com, which I can be reached at. But DM me, um, email me. I'd love to connect. Awesome. Thank you so much. And thank you, everybody, for listening. We will see you on the next one. All right. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Ask the Color Expert podcast. Please subscribe and be sure to leave a review. For more information on hair color education, please visit my website, www.expertcolorsolutions.com. See you soon.